This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress with you here on this Thursday afternoon. And we're now pleased to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and welcome on a special guest today. He's Joe Healy of D1Baseball.com. Covers the SEC with SEC Extra on D1Baseball.com. Does a lot of things with D1 Baseball and will be uh, covering the Auburn Regional this weekend. Joe, the time is greatly appreciated. Uh, Thank you for doing this today. How are things in your world? Uh, doing well. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. We're, we're really astounded by this team's resurrection mid-SEC uh, mid schedule. we, we got to start with that. Uh, midway through SEC play, Joe, as you are very aware, this team was just fighting to get in the field. It was starting to come up with scenarios to, to feel good about making the NCAA tournament. All of a sudden, a complete 180, and now this team ends up hosting a regional. How did that happen, and just how drastic of a change uh, is that in the, in the world of college baseball? Yeah, I mean, it was. it's really been kind of a night and day thing. I mean, it's amazing going from 5 to 10 to having the best record in the SEC over the second half of SEC play at 12 and 3. It's really uh, impressive turnaround. I think two things happened. One is, you know, the lineup got healthier. They, they had a cohesive lineup over the second half of SEC play, whereas in the first half you, you know, you missed Bobby Pierce for a little bit. You missed Cooper McMurray for a little bit. Cole Foster missed two or three games there at one point. So, you know, you, you kind of had guys coming in and out. So the second half they had a little bit more consistency in that regard. And I think the bigger thing is that the pitching, while it's still not perfect and while that's still my primary concern with Auburn, there, there is a little bit more there to feel good about. I mean, Tommy Vail has emerged as really a, a true Friday guy in the SEC, which I didn't see coming. It's a six-year senior who's had two prior stops and was, you know, okay but not great in those stops, and, and he's done a really nice job. And Christian Herberholtz, who uh, seems like he's back healthy, ready to go for the regional. We'll, we'll see what kind of pitch count he ends up on when he throws, but, you know, he, he's back and ready to go. He led the team in ERA in SEC play. So you combine that with, you know, Chase also pitching better and Will Cannon still being consistent and they can rely on him. You know, Connor Copeland has had some, some good outings. So, you know, slowly but surely, and, and Butch and his staffs are kind of famous for this thing, slowly but surely they, they kind of figure it out on the mound as time went on. Joe, you, you kind of answered the, my, my next question there, but when you look at the field that Auburn is going up against this weekend, the Southern Miss, Sanford, and Penn, what do you think is the biggest challenge for the pitching staff? It's going to be Troy if they end up in a, let's say, you know, they, they get Troy in a regional final or they get Troy if Auburn falls into an elimination game and they have Troy on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, for example, to get to the regional final win. When pitching is thin and you've thrown all of your top guys and you're just looking to survive, that, that, a Troy lineup can wear you out. Um, so that, that's kind of a, a dangerous situation if Auburn ends up in, a, in something like that. Southern Miss's lineup is veteran, so they can be a specific challenge, but it's not the most dynamic physical lineup. I, I think Auburn should be able to pitch to that a little bit. Um, but, again, it is a veteran group, so you're, they're, they're not going to beat themselves. They're not going to you know, typically not chase pitches. They're not going to give away at bats, so that can be a tough challenge too. If you end up in a winners bracket game with them, but I think the most dangerous lineup that they're going to face um, is, is Troy's, just given the power they have, led by by. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I said Troy. I'm in Sanford. I get those two. <laughs> All good. I'm also going to be. I'm also going to be in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Can you tell? Uh. Uh, but, this, 
the Samford lineup, I, all the same things still apply. I meant Samford, I said Troy. Sure. Um, if you get into a, a, a regional final with them, you get into an elimination game later in the weekend, that's a lineup that can really wear you out. That's how their bread is buttered. Samford, you know, came through the SoCon tournament just by swinging it really, really well. I mean, they're, they're pitching outside of their ace, and Jacob Cravey is um, a little bit suspect. So that's where, really, they're going to try to win games. And so that's a dangerous team if you face them late in the weekend. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. We'll have a couple questions for you again about some of those other uh, SEC regionals like the Tuscaloosa Regional. But, uh, I mean, sticking, sticking with this here, you know, there's a lot been talked about this Southern Miss team. Their RPI was very similar to Auburn's. They're uh, a pretty veteran team, and uh, this forms a, a interesting challenge. Now, the, the, you know, the four seeds are always going to be, you know, kind of automatic qualifiers, and you, you see what happens there. But uh, Sanford was somebody that was mocked as a, as a four seed. They they win the SoCon, and get up to three. So it feels like it's it's a pretty clear cutoff between uh, Auburn and Southern Miss versus the other two. But uh, as you look at this regional, I guess what is Auburn's pathway to success? Can they simply outscore some of these teams, or do they need some of their best work from the gut likes of Tommy Vale and Chase Alsop and, and Christian Herbert Holes? Yeah, I think if they end up in the winner's bracket, they're in good shape. But that's not going to necessarily be the easiest task. This Penn team is, is really good. I, I've written that I think they very well could be the toughest four seed in the field. Now, you're right about that. Like, Samford could have easily, you know, Penn and Samford could have flipped the three and four, and I don't think anyone would have necessarily thought that was too weird. Um, but, look, I mean, Penn's got a starting pitcher that, that Butch Thompson today compared to Joseph Gonzalez when he's at his peak. It's, the, you know, a low 90 sinker looking to get a bunch of ground balls. And, you know, their number two starter is a guy who's grad transferring to Virginia at the end of the year. They've got guys in their lineup who are grad transferring to Texas, Texas A&M, Duke, uh, they've got a Virginia Tech transfer um, because you can't play as a grad transfer in the Ivy League. So all their fourth-year guys have to go somewhere if they want to continue to play. So, you know, this is a team with Power 5 talent all over the field. Um, they haven't played a team this good since they played South Carolina to open their season, but they played South Carolina tight in that series. So this is going to be a little different than what Penn has had to deal with for a few months, but I think, you know, I know Auburn's not overlooking them, but, you know, even observers sh- should should overlook Penn at their own peril because they're really talented. Going back to the, the, the batting lineup there for the Tigers, you know, you, you've got a really strong group that's hit the ball fairly well this year. There, there's been a couple times where, it, especially with that Arkansas series around the start of conference play, the bats kind of got lost for a little bit, but they came roaring back in the second half of the, the, the year. So what is your thoughts on this, this Auburn lineup going into this weekend and how they can be successful, not just this weekend, but going forward in the tournament? Yeah, I think it's the lineup can be a little bit top heavy at times, right? I mean, because you've got you know you're going with a defensive catcher in, in, in Nate Larue, and then you know at times you've got you know a Caden Green in there that's a little bit lighter offensively. But the top half of the lineup is as good as is just about anybody outside of I don't know if you want to say LSU, of course, but um, you know those that top with with Bryson Ware, who's quietly having one of the best years in the, in the country, and uh, you know Cole Foster, uh, Ike Irish, of course. You know that group is is good as just about anybody, and there's a couple guys who have kind of taken a step forward like Chris Stanfield for example that you know his numbers aren't among the best on the team and in, in, in SEC play he's hitting something like 240 but you know he brings a level of athleticism and speed that's a little bit different for this offense it's not exactly an offense that I mean stolen bases and running are just not going to be this Auburn team's thing but having a guy like that in the lineup that brings that element and can do something a little bit different I think is, is so huge because when the lineup gets a little bit stagnant Sometimes what you need is just something a little different. Let's let's put runners in motion. Let's hit and run. Let's 
you know, try to push the issue a little bit. And, and having a guy like that who can do stuff like that can kind of help you stay out of a funk offensively. Talking to Joe Healy today of D1 Baseball in the Thursday edition of Sports Call. And Joe, what's been so interesting to me, just as, as Butch Thompson's program as a whole at Auburn, very little SEC tournament uh, success, but a whole lot of NCAA tournament success relative to what they've been doing in the SEC tournament. Even as hot as they were in the last month or so of this year, they, they ultimately only win one game in Hoover. But yet, as we saw last year with them not even winning a game in Hoover, they go all the way to the College World Series. What is it about uh, a team like this that I, I get it? You know, the SEC has so many great programs, but this team never really does much in Hoover, yet they play their absolute best the very next week in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I think there's some just, um, oh, I don't know, just coincidental things. I think a lot of that's just coincidence. Sometimes a team makes a great run in the SEC tournament, and then they play well in the postseason, and you can point to that and say, well, they were they were playing well, they were hot. And then a team gets eliminated early, and they play well in the postseason, you can say, well, they needed the rest. So I, I do think there is just a little bit of you can see what you want to see there. I think the other thing that plays into that a little bit is that this is a coaching staff and a program that they want to win games in Hoover. I don't doubt that, but they're not going to win games at all costs. Um, they're going to continue to play their game, meaning they're going to use the pitchers the way they want to use them. They're not going to overextend anyone. They're not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize, you know, not only the team's future, but a pitcher's future. Uh, and that's either going to be good enough or it's not. And let's face it, when you're in the SEC tournament, especially when you have to play on that Tuesday, you know, if you're going to make a run like Texas A&M did to get all the way to the final, you're going to play six games in six days. And ultimately, you know, college baseball teams are not really meant to be able to play six games in six days when you're dealing with, you know, the, the younger pitchers and the inconsistency and, and players who just aren't used to playing that day in and day out style. And I think this staff kind of understands that. And so, again, they want to win, but you know, they're not going to push the pedal to the metal just to get a couple of extra wins. And so, Joe, as we look at a couple other regionals involving SEC teams, and uh, look, eight regional hosts is a, is a remarkable feat for the conference, but I actually want to focus on one that's not a regional host, and that's the Tennessee Vols, because this is the regional matched up with Auburn's. And so uh, t Clemson, a four seed, or the four national seed, is playing a Tennessee team, which I, I think some believe still had a shot at hosting coming into the SEC tournament. It seems like that is a very difficult two seed for the uh, for the number four overall seed in the tournament. What are the chances that that Tennessee can knock off Clemson potentially if, if everything works out? Auburn's got to handle its business potentially setting up an uh, Auburn Super Regional. What are the chances of that happening? I think fairly good. I mean, I think that Tennessee was one of the two seeds that. You know, no one in the country wanted to see pop up in their regional because you you know what the talent is, and they can just flip a switch and and be a and be a different team. But the flip side of that argument is that we just haven't seen it this year. We kind of just keep waiting on it. And look, they had a good year. I mean, by if if last year hadn't happened um, for Tennessee in the regular season, we'd look at the season that Tennessee had and think, oh, they had a really good year um, because those have been few and far between the last twenty years for Tennessee. But the expectations got so high because of last year and the talent they brought back, and I get that. Um, but, but they just they just haven't totally clicked this, this this season. So there's part of me that also just wonders, you know, maybe it's just not going to happen for this group. And then they go play a Clemson team that's the hottest team in college baseball. They haven't lost a game since the end of April. Uh, they haven't lost a series since the end of March. And uh, there's just really no team playing any better. Um, so I'm not really exactly sure what we're going to see with Tennessee this weekend. But, yeah, I mean, if you told me that they 
play their best baseball of the season, they go 3-0 and in that regional, and, and next weekend they're playing Auburn down here at Plainsman Park, then I, I'd say that I believe that just because that's how talented Tennessee is. Joe, when you look around the rest of the field, which regional involving an SEC team, either hosting or they're, they're not hosting, are, do you think needs to, uh, needs to get more people talking about right now? I think I'm kind of fascinated by Kentucky's regional, and not just because of the situation where the, the opposing teams are being housed in dorms uh, because there were no hotel rooms in, in Lexington. Um, because there, there is a thing um, with teams that, and look, we'll see this with the, 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 it's the non-SEC regional, but Indiana State hosting for the first time ever. And there is kind of a, a curse is too strong a word, but hosting for the first time or for the first time in a long time, and nobody on this Kentucky team was around in 2017 when they hosted, except for, I guess, the head coach, Nick Mangione. Um, the teams that have, are hosting for the first time, like, it's kind of a difficult thing. Like, there's a specific pressure to it. You know, you've got a lot of fans there. You're probably going to draw crowds, especially to a place like Kentucky, bigger than you normally draw. So there's just kind of a, a pressure there. And they got a difficult draw where you've got West Virginia as a two-seed. And, look, that's a team that they went 0-2 in the Big 12 tournament. If they make a run, they're probably hosting themselves this week. Their three-seed is Indiana, who finished one game behind Maryland for the Big Ten regular season title, and, and I think honestly could have been could have been a two-seed in a different world. And their four-seed is Wright State, which is annually one of the peskiest four-seeds. Like, that's a team that's going to go into that regional expecting to win games. That's, they're not going to lay down in that opening game. So Kentucky getting out of that regional uh, is a really, really tough chore, and, and I think if they do so, it'll just kind of prove what, what they've been trying to show all year, which is that this is just a, a different Kentucky team. Talking to Joe Healy of D1 Baseball today on Sports Call. Joe, how can all of our listeners follow your work throughout the weekend, your coverage, and then all the great things that D1 Baseball will have in store throughout this weekend? Yeah, first and foremost, go to D1Baseball.com. We'll have writers at a whole bunch. I I should have counted up how many different regional sites we'll have writers at, but it's certainly more than than half of them. So D1Baseball.com for... All of our general coverage, if you're interested in the SEC angle, you can click on the SEC Extra link at the top of the page to read mine and Mark Etheridge's work on, on the SEC. And you can follow me on Twitter at JoeHealyD1. Joe, the time has been greatly appreciated today. We hope you enjoy covering the, the Auburn Regional and, and the Tuscaloosa Regional. And uh, hopefully this thing goes well. We'll be talking to you again down the line. I appreciate it. Anytime, fellas.